0: Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 106. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello. Video games. That's what we do here. It Love seems em. like every time we sit down for one of these, it feels like it's taken longer and longer <laughs> between really time does. sitting down for one of these things. Oh, When was the last time we recorded?
1: What was the last one even about?
0: Uh, Kentucky Route Zero. That
1: wasn't the last one. No way. No way that was no, the last absolutely. one. How long's it been? No. Just a month? Did we yes, record that one month. like mid-month or something?
0: No, it came out on the 28th. We recorded it uh, the week, you know, it came out like it's been about four and a half weeks or whatever instead of like, you know, three, sometimes it's three, but this one was more like four and a half or whatever, mm- but
1: no. no fucking way. This is, yeah. I don't mm, mm, feel weird about all this. <laughs>
0: Thing is, as the world falls apart, the sense of time just dissolves, and we just drift in a formless <laughs> void of uh, posting and <laughs> like sadness. Uh, I was
1: already doing that, so uh, it has only gone further to extremes. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's that's how it is these days.
0: Jackson, have you played any video games this month that were not the one that we are supposed to talk about today? You know that I have. D- do d- do I know that you have? Yes. What did you play? I, I don't I literally don't played know what it Bayonetta.
1: Is. I played Bayonetta. <laughs> oh, right. I right, Actually right. played th- two two games completely and one game for exactly 45 minutes. Um uh
0: okay, give me give me all three because right. I've got I'll, let me tell you. I played a couple games out of the uh itch bundle uh that came out the one in support of uh Black Lives Matter. I don't actually remember what it was called. The bundle for Racial equality, something right? I think it was the racial justice bundle. Yes, the big one. Everyone knows the big Itchio bundle, and I played a couple games out of that, but nothing that I feel like I would want to talk about because I don't have much nice to say about the couple games I played. Yep. But
1: that's how it is. picking fine. random games out of Itchio.
0: Yeah, it really is. But it doesn't like help anyone going. Oh, I played this game on Itchio. It fucking sucks. Yeah, it's fine. <sighs> Yeah, I played. Oh, stop me if you've heard this. I played a game made in Unity, in which you walk around a weird, abstract space in first person, and some weird stuff happens. And like, there's some droning music, and you you climb giant, uh, geo like geometrically shaped ruins. And uh, I guess there's a narrative. Well, it's like half of
1: it. It's it's nice to know that there are some certainties in this world. <laughs> yes,
0: it's 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 the class based shooter of Ichio games. <laughs> yes. Yes, Uh, And that's fine, whatever, like, make them It's fine, some of them I like a lot, but like (laughs) I've played a lot of them at this point
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, well, first of all Since the last podcast finished Kingdom Hearts, we'll not talk about that Now we've got a bunch of questions that I'll Deal with that later Uh, You did it How's Dark Road? um, Haven't even looked at that one Okay Okay I'm now once again avoiding Kingdom Hearts spoilers, not like to the extent I was before, but I'm just not not clicking on things. I'm like, I'll watch Dark Road later. I can't, I cannot right now.
0: <laughs> no, no I, I, I've been reading some of the posts about Dark Road in our Discord, and it sounds really stupid. So, well, I, I bet, look, I could have told you that because of whatever
1: I said. We'll get into it in the questions segment. There's a few questions, and uh, then I'll do Kingdom Hearts spoilers towards the end. Uh, aside from that, I played the first Dragon Quest. Oh, right, you did do that. Uh, which took me just an afternoon, um, because that game's tiny, uh, if you know what you're doing. Well, I, mean, I, I didn't even really look at a guide. I looked at a guide for a couple things I couldn't find on the map. Um, but that game's just uh, pretty small and manageable. Uh,
0: yeah, you grind to get the better sword, and then you use the sword to get further to the next place where you can grind to get the next sword. <laughs> it, it, it's weird how much it feels like... like I, Obviously,
1: first RPG, at least, you know, I don't know if that's actually true. I don't want, like the wizardry i mean the wizardry is a western game right but it just hit big in japan but i i don't know 100 percent the exact lineage of how influential dragon quest is but it is obviously extremely influential i just don't know the specifics um and it's weird to me how much it feels not necessarily like the first jrpg but it feels like the game you would make if you had to sit down and was like okay could you reduce jrpgs to their bare essentials it's just all there it feels like a D-make in a way that's like um I don't know. it just feels really interesting how much all of the essentials are there and how there's just nothing added. This is just it. The whole genre is there. It's right there. You do the things, the numbers go up, you go to a new place, talk to people, numbers go up again, and then you beat the bad guy and you win. It's great. It's a good time. Uh and uh I really liked it. Turns out Dragon Quest's pretty cool. Uh, I don't really have like any other thoughts on that other than just uh, appreciate how um complete it felt. As a JFG fan, I guess. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Have you played the first Dragon Quest? I, I don't know if you actually have gone all the way back.
0: I've played a little bit of it, like the Game Boy Color version. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't finish it. I, I think I've watched a Let's Play probably more than once. There's not a whole lot to Dragon Quest. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> um, I was looking up the lineage and, uh, The Dragon Quest came out, like, six months after uh, Wizardry came out in Japan, but uh, already, like, Portopia, which was Yuji Horii's, like, previous game, was... There's, like, a maze, like, a first-person maze segment in that that is literally lifted out of uh, Wizardry, which apparently he had already seen, despite it not being out in Japan at that point, because that was 83 because uh, wizardry I, came out in the US in eighty one.
1: I forgot that uh Yuji Hori also made Batopia because he just invented Japanese games apparently and no one's done anything else yes. since
0: yes <laughs> no one's had a third idea, it was all him. Yeah, no, he just fucking came out and <laughs> swung for the fences and outside of like Mario, he made it all. Yep. Yeah. Uh wild.
1: Um Then I played Bayonetta because uh I want yeah. to replay Bayonetta too, and um I wanted to play it a bit more than I actually did, but my thumb ended up hurting a lot. I don't know, just action game thumb. Uh, but uh, I played it, got got the nice weapons, and I want to do a hard mode play at some point, and then I'll do Bayonetta 2, because I'm here to engage with the mechanics of Bayonetta so I can stop being accused of not having played it on this podcast.
0: Uh, well, I mean, you know, I know you've played Bayonetta. Uh, just Bayonetta oh. 2 we're talking about here. Yeah, just Bayonetta 2. Yeah. Uh, Bayonetta 1's great. Um,
1: I was yeah. definitely had a moment. Where I was like, oh, "Man, this dodge window is tiny." I do not remember this being the case. I remember being able yes. to hit dodges like nobody's business, and I don't know if it was a switch or if it really just was that hard. And I think it was just that hard.
0: Yeah, I because uh, I mean I've gone back to Bayonetta a couple times, and especially after playing Bayonetta two, you just go back. You're like, oh right, this thing, this is the difference between like uh, like original like uh, rhythm games, right. and, Like Rock Band. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I-, I really enjoyed the. Uh, I remember there being such a, like a weird complaint around the cutscenes where it all like became two uh, D film strip type stuff. It was like tableaus mm-hmm. in the film strip, and I, I really like those scenes because. Uh, If there's anything I've learned from watching video games, it is that you don't gain literally anything from fully animating your talkie scenes. In fact, often it makes them way more boring.
0: Well, since when was that? 2009, 2010.
1: 2009, you know? Japan. 2010, January. Everywhere else. Yeah.
0: Since then, every video game cutscene has gotten demonstrably worse. So that's why <laughs> yep. that it's now like a good thing that Bayonetta is so stylized. It used to be, you just have cool in-engine cutscenes. Like Resident Evil Four happened to everyone, yep. and you look at Bayonetta, and you're like, compared to Resident Evil Four, yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, you know, maybe you should put a little more effort in. But compared to Metal Gear Solid Five, it's like Jesus Christ. Thank you for <sighs> putting in like in some consideration. <laughs> God, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, yeah, you
1: know, I I love the Seven remake and stuff. And that love's too strong. I enjoy modern Square games, right? You know me. Uh, but they sure have lots yes. of fully animated cutscenes of people like talking at each other that would, in a better game twenty years ago, have just been buttoning through text as they animate the stuff that matters.
0: Yes, um,
1: and it just it's just so slow. And I really appreciated how uh, cool those cutscenes were. And uh, yeah, end of that game goes just as hard. I need to replay Zero's Wrath, the only game that goes harder. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, and then third game, which I played for 45 minutes, was Sonic Unleashed because the uh, werewolf stages are l- as bad as everyone says. Do not play Sonic Unleashed. You get, w- I'm
0: not going to. <laughs> you get
1: one nice uh, Sonic stage, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can go for some Sonic. Let's just put some Sonic on. Um, and uh, then I had to do some really bad God of War combat, and, and it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I uninstalled it immediately. <laughs> no deeper thoughts. Yep. Just why did they put that in the game? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the month of video games, I guess.
0: Well, it's more than I did, so there you go. He did it.
1: I'm the gamer here.
0: Yeah, no. I spent my entire month watching anime. So. Yeah,
1: you watched the entirety of. You could listen to
0: that on Great Gundam Project instead.
1: You watched an entire uh, 110 episode anime,
0: including like a break. 148. 148. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well,
1: it's better than video games. Honestly, I,
0: I also watched like three other anime in this month. No. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five other anime in this one. Yep.
1: Well, uh, content to spare for GGP. Uh, yeah, not much in the gaming side, but that's fine. No, we got a we got a game to talk no. about. We've got a bunch, a bunch of questions. We've got more questions than we are logistically prepared for. So we'll see how that
0: goes. Whatever, we can just knock them out. It's fine. Um, we'll ruination the whole thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, we will. Um, I I'm not worried about it. But my point is, uh, you know. If you're listening and you think, why well, is the question going a bit weird? We have not done this before. Uh, but I think it'll be good. I trust us. Have
0: faith. Okay. Well, let's talk about a video game. Let's do it. Game club this month is Ninja Gaiden, uh, also known in Japan as Ninja Ryukenden, also known in Europe as Shadow Warriors, because for some reason Europe <laughs> just fucking hates ninjas. <laughs> we re- we did, we do hate ninjas. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. I don't understand why were ninjas so threatening.
1: <laughs> this is before I was born. They, they, they had become pro ninja in the time that I, I arrived. <laughs>
0: um well that's problematic don't be pro ninja in 2020 (laughs) um but uh no it's always funny to me because like ninja are such a hokey thing to me like you know the historical idea of ninja definitely existed but like what they were was like much more limited and the way in which they infiltrated western culture is so strange and goofy um and outsized, and so it's very weird to me that Europe saw that was like, no, absolutely not. Too dangerous to expose the kids to ninja. Uh, It was was just swords. They didn't want kids, like, picking up swords. How many... I guess it's Europe. I was going to say, how many swords are just lying around for kids to pick up? Um, Uh, That doesn't seem like an emulatable, uh, like, idea, but also, like, there's... They they put the game out still. You can still just go get a sword. They just didn't call it a ninja. Yeah, but, well, like... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing is, like, they did not want kids
1: thinking, Oh, I'm, I'm a cool sword person. I had to take a knife and start swinging it like a sword. I
0: think was the logic no, there. No, instead, I'm a cool hero person. Let me take this sword and start swinging it around. Um, I, I don't know. I, like I said, before my time, uh, I, I watched know, Teenage Mutant Ninja
1: Turtle on TV, and it was good.
0: Anyway, uh... Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden is a game developed by Tecmo, directed by Hideo Yoshizawa. It came out in uh, 1988 for the NES in Japan, uh, 1989 in North America, and 1991 in Europe. Uh, it is an action platform game. Uh, it spawned two sequels, right? There isn't a four. There's no Ninja Gaiden. No, 4, the Nest trilogy like, is three games. Yeah. And and then a infamous remake in Ninja Gaiden Xbox pre- prequel I don't know reimagined <laughs> uh, that we covered yes. years ago. Uh, yes, it is has nothing to do.
1: with it. There someone has made a timeline. I promise you, it doesn't. It's not actually in a timeline. But the Ninja Gaiden Wiki yeah. has arranged the whole thing into <laughs> a coherent timeline. Um, n- not no. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. The fact the 2004 game somehow has less story than the NES one.
0: Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot of Ninja Gaiden.
1: In Ninja Gaiden, you play a ninja uh, named Ryu Hayabusa, who is out to seek revenge for his father, who has been killed in a duel. Do I have to call him Ken?
0: Yes. God damn it. That's his name.
1: <laughs> I've been calling him Joe for 15 years, because that was his original name, and, and everything after this is translated as Joe. Uh, but in this game, Ken... Um, and uh, he, like his father, died in jail. His only, his only lead is a archaeologist named Walter Smith. Uh, so he goes to America to look for him, but is like shot and kidnapped by a mysterious woman, but like with a tranquilizer gun. But then that same woman lets her, lets him out, and he's he has to go find Walter. And he's like, okay, Walter's like, okay, we have got some demon statues. Uh there's a light demon statue. There's a dark demon statue. They're gonna be gathered. Um. And, uh, this is all fucked up. And before I can explain exactly what's going on, uh, Walter, yeah, is murdered and the statue is stolen. And, uh, then the CIA show up <laughs> and start explaining to him what is going on. Um, and it's like, okay, we, we've been, we've been. Checking out what's happening here. You need to go in, kill these guys that are trying to summon this. The, like, use these statues to summon, uh, like these this demon and take over the world. And please do our CIA dirty work for us. He does this, uh, right before the final boss discovers that, uh, the the like one of the final bosses is actually his dad, who instead of d- dying was like possessed by a mask and uh, awaits him inside, and he, like, kills his... beats his dad, uh, but then has to tragically uh, leave him behind to sacrifice him as they run away from the Exploding Temple, and uh, the day is saved. But Foster, the CIA agent, calls him back and is like, all right, Irene... Uh, who is the the woman from the start, you need to just Murk Ryu, he's the only one who knows what's going on, uh, and we're the CIA, and deal with this. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Ryu's like, no, uh, me and Irene are in love. And Foster is like, damn it! As he throws the earpiece away and makes an enemy of the CIA forever. Presumably to be continued in Ninja Gaiden 2. What, uh, what's Ninja Gaiden 2 called?
0: uh, Sigma
1: <laughs> Dark Sword of Chaos, that's it uh, but um, it's it's a cool it's I kind of uh, you know made the story seem more simple than it is because it, it just sounds like you got to go to the places and kill the guy type of any one of these games but I promise you it has exponentially more story than a NES game would for this kind of thing
0: yes, infamously has a bunch of anime cutscenes basically <laughs> yes uh including the infamous uh just a girl. Yep. <laughs> Which I just think in solid snake voice every time every I time. see it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh but that's the that's the bro plot. Yeah. Uh the other thing that's worth noting is it's amazing that Konami did not sue Tecmo into the dirt. This a different time uh, because cuz this game is just looks at castlevania and says what if we did that but it's a ninja
1: it's the <laughs> so same it's game the it's, the same, it's game. the same game to the point of like i play them and just assume there must have been eight games like that but there's not i've played enough nes games to know that every nes game doesn't just have the player enemy things in the exact same place with the exact same mechanics
0: no it's just these two series that's it <laughs>
1: like they just they just made a castlevania clone
0: Yeah, the jump's way weirder.
1: So that was my first reaction. As uh, famously, Ninja Gaiden two thousand four stand number one. uh, Ninja Gaiden two thousand four has like a really weird, awkward jump. Uh, You you always go the same fixed distance, and it's not an amount you would actually have a character jump in an action game, right? Uh, Yes. And I was shocked how like faithful to the feel of the jumps in this game they had made that original jump. Yeah, because like, oh, this is just where the jump came from. Like, apparently, Ryu just jumps like this. It's fucking weird, and you know yes. all of the uh, uh, back and forth backflip wall jumps. were in this and just as awkward here, uh, which made me smart because I didn't realize just how uh, much they had been faithful in some of the m- more awkward control points uh, of the 2004 game. No, they mostly, yeah. they mostly adhere to this. Uh, it, yeah, it's basically the same thing. Um, yeah, and then as a Castlevania, you just go through the levels and you beat beat them. And uh, because you're, you know, we are not here to play like lean into the mascot side of it. We use save states when it gets tough.
0: <laughs> uh, Let me tell you, the Switch's rewind ability is honestly without peer. Just so good and nice. Uh,
1: it's such a like good emulator that I'm annoyed that it's only the whatever thirty games they have. Yes, I couldn't go on to play too because I have to now, you know, get that on an actual emulator, and yep. uh, play yep. it properly.
0: But I would much prefer... I mean, by properly you mean with save states instead of a
1: rewind. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I meant like set it up, download the emulator. I just used it as a word. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that, that, that Switch emulator is great. Uh, wish they had an actual virtual console.
0: Yeah, no, not, never gonna happen. F. Um, but, yeah, so... this. I don't know how you want to approach this. Uh, Ninja Gaiden is an infamously difficult game. Um, for good reason. Uh, it's one that I've like always picked at. I, I, I've always gotten to world or act five and never passed it yep. <laughs> until this time. <laughs> um, because act five is ludicrous. Uh, just unreasonable. Um, that one jump, that one jump that is one just jump. so cruel. You know, I actually got just through it on the third try, but ooh. Yeah, no, no, but it just exists to eat, like, you're just going to die and lose all your lives and have to start the stage over again. It's just built for that. It's it yeah. is just pure arcade quarter muncher, um, and, uh, playing through it for this, you know, it's like, all that stuff is true, but also with a rewind feature, game takes like an hour maybe to beat, depending on how hard some of the bosses are or whatever for you. Yep. Um. It's chill. It, Which is an interesting experience.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and because it's not like a game that we're playing in the intended way of okay, we're gonna go through stage, we're gonna learn all the item placement. Um I didn't like get that into the NIMPO side of things that if you use the NIMPO when I got it.
0: But uh, every time I get the spin like strike, I'm mad because it eats through heart too fast. Eats
1: through heart too fast. It's like the most useful ability, but it I I can no longer I can't slash my sword in the air normally. If yeah. I could choose when I was going to do the spin slash, it would be unbeatable. Yeah. But, alas. So instead, I really appreciate whenever I get the shuriken or the uh, big flame, uh, like, like. Oh, bluster. yeah, I like
0: the big windmill shuriken that comes back. That one's the best. Yeah. You can have a dagger or you can have a cross. Which one do you want? You want the cross every time. The cross every time.
1: Yes. So that's the thing, is it is just Castlevania, but what if Castlevania was fast? Is I guess,
0: the, like... Yes.
1: Intent here, because
0: Castlevania is it's, such a methodical it's, game It's interesting because it's not like Ninja Gaiden is fast, actually It's a pretty, like, methodical game It's just compared to Castlevania, it feels like the most blazingly fast game ever made
1: Because <laughs> yep. he's, he's animated fast, he runs fast, he jumps way more propulsively But also his, like, yes. uh, attack animation and hitbox with the sword is way shorter So you have to actually get up in yes. there uh, Whereas Castlevania is much more about managing slightly longer distances as you gradually uh, just you know progress through the level with that incredible walking animation,
0: yes, yeah. Instead, Ryu swings his sword like he's doing like an like a AOE attack, but it's a 2D game, yes. so it does fucking nothing. <laughs> does fucking
1: nothing. <laughs> um, and that's that's where a lot of di- well, the difficulty comes from multiple places, right? It's first of all, the uh, hitbox is really small. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very precise about your movement, but also enemies. Morning is just like taking the piss, often deliberately. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this turns up the NES's already bad predilection of, like, if you are right... If if the scroll on a screen is right where an enemy spawn is, you're just going to get fucked by it over and over again. And seems to deliberately build that in to <laughs> fuck yes. with you.
1: Yes, they, they're they doing it on purpose. Like, a couple times you're like, ah, oh, it's a bit unfair. But then eventually you realize, oh, this is just, like, a, a massacre game. And not in the necessarily the, the difficulty, but specifically in the way that it is using mechanics as jokes where you are the butt of them. Like, right... You, yeah. you get to a place and then there's an infinitely spawning guy because the jump platform is on the, the spawn scroll and if you step back, like every time I was I was on this, this one platform and every time I turned around, uh, a guy would spawn and immediately jump into me, really hard to hit because my platform was lower but he would be spawned on the one above and would just like fall down at an awkward angle. Um, yep. And would only ever spawn if I turned Like turned back to face right I'm going left, the jump is left But I would have to turn back so I could like adjust my like Jump angle and <laughs> it was just that for
0: ages Yep Also plenty of you act, Like here's a spot where it's very likely you're going to get hit And if you try to soak the damage it's going to knock you back And yep. the knockback will push you into a bird spawn point And oh. then the bird will be out on your ass
1: <laughs> And they're laughing at me They're laughing at me from 1989
0: Yes uh, those fucking, like infamous birds of Ninja Gaiden uh, are amazing uh, <laughs> I posted a video to Twitter of the first time I encountered them playing this game for the first time in a couple years and just like trying to attack it over and over again just missing every single time rewinding, trying again, <laughs> missing it yep. Um. the secret is you just jump over them and then they'll come at you in a, like a linear line and you just yes. hit them and they're the, actually the easiest things in the world, it's the big platforms with the guys who like jump from platform to platform that really fucked me up or the guys that throw the hammers randomly, uh, those guys are the ones that really ruin my oh, day. Oh, the fucking
1: hammers! God, that—that's definitely a difference in like the design of this compared to Castlevania. Is that this game is much more about those weird projectile enemies mm-hmm. and navigating your movement through getting hit by uh, these projectiles, um, and so it creates a game that's even more of like you said about the knockback, right? Yeah, uh, there's so many opportunities for you to fall down pits that you have already cleared because you just hit the wrong thing and then hit another thing and then you're down a pit and you're like, "God damn it!" Um, because like for the for the first four stages, uh, you probably will not lose all your health um, unless you're yeah. like you know, unless you just find the game difficult, which is fine, but we've played a lot of these action games on the NES, we both played all the Castlevanias on the NES, and we're pretty, you know, I'm not, like, amazing or anything, you know, uh, but I'm at least uh, familiar with this type of games. I'm able to get through, and, you know, when I die, I can restart at the last screen, it's fine. Uh, But the difficulty absolutely comes in all the fucking pits! Yes. Because there's no health bar for those!
0: No. No, and like really tricky jumps in a lot of places. Where like if you miss your wall jump correctly, you're just gonna fall down a pit. Yep. There's nothing. There's nothing to like save you on that level. Yeah,
1: and there's so many back and forth wall jumps between like surfaces where it's unclear where the point you're meant to latch onto the surfaces and where where you can jump to. And the game yeah. has consistent rules about jumping, but they're not intuitive. You have to have you have to play the game to understand them, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise you like. So for example, when you're on the end of a like an edge of a lead, edge of a ledge yeah that is right it just sounds wrong <laughs> uh, when you're on the edge, you can't climb up anywhere, and you can't jump up anywhere. You, you can actually wall climb one wall, but it's really difficult and not intended. Uh, and what, you have to jump onto a different ledge that is on the other side, and then jump back to get onto the platform. And uh, eventually, the level design comes together where you like you always understand what you're being told what to do. But at the start, it is definitely very confusing because of how reliant on wall jumps it is, and how much those wall jumps are not like concordant with the logic of platformers of this era it's so unique
0: Mm. yeah yeah because it feels like it should either have like a wall crawling mechanic or like a climb up mechanic none of those exist. well it does it just like
1: sometimes there's a ladder right like but it's very rare and so the existence of the ladders is like okay so i know that sometimes i can climb but most of the time i can't and the way it tutorializes this is with the like shop signs in the first level, which are really awkwardly placed. Um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it just yeah, it just feels very different. Um, which I, I guess is lucky because otherwise, if it didn't feel like weird, it would just be we would just be Castlevania. You, you wouldn't be allowed to make this. Yes. If <laughs> I only I was going a bit slower, it was a bit easy to control and the jumps were like re- really obvious to look at. And then I'm like, I'm just playing Castlevania three at that point. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um,
1: which I think is a better game, but uh, it's not like um, a disrespect to Ninja Gaiden. Castlevania 3 is one of the best action games ever made.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden uh, is a very good game, actually, I feel like. Yeah. Uh I think sometimes, it, especially like, it's like later bosses get a little ridiculous, uh, but. You know, what are you going to do? That guy who, the guy you fight in at the end of Act 5, I don't know what the trick is with him other than just, you have to kill him before he kills you, because it doesn't seem like you can dodge any of his attacks. Yeah, I I ended up beating him first try, but only because I just got through him. Like, I didn't- Yeah, I just battle of attritioned him after, like, eating shit, like, seven times in a row. Because
1: I I was coming through the stage and managed to get to him with most of my
0: health. It's because of the rewind- (laughs) Yeah. They refill. They refill your health on that boss battle because I was right. Almost, I was that pretty was low. It. I was like,
1: "How did I do that? How did I get?" this yes. because the one of the last like screens in that level was really difficult. Like you right. They refill your health because it's a big story story fight, and then I just beat him because yep. I had all my health and I'm pretty good at doing damage.
0: Yeah, it's weird because like most of the bosses in this game, while they have like, you know, sometimes elaborate patterns, they are like Mega Man bosses, but because it's Castlevania, like you can usually disrupt all of their projectiles by hitting them with your sword. Yes. So, if you can parse the pattern, you can beat most of the boss without taking much, if any, damage. It's pretty straightforward on that level. So, I was having, like, a really straightforward time with all the bosses, until this guy just immediately brings me up short, like, I-, I can't dodge this guy's attack. The lightning just hits you. There's no way around it. I spent, like, multiple lives just trying to, like, figure out how to avoid his attack. Can't, Couldn't figure it out. Maybe there's a way. I did not find it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there is. I know people did no damage runs of this game. Uh, because mm. of how infamously hard it is, it's like a popular one for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, definitely <laughs> that boss. Definitely a, a leap. I remember for me, as the the boss with the statues, was really difficult at first, but I ended up being okay. Okay, I, ca- mm. I came in without too much health, and then had to. Figure and then w- w- when I eventually figured out oh, if I place myself basically at the pedestals, they'll usually jump over me and then I can get a couple attacks in. That was a much yes. longer boss, but once like, every once trick. in a
0: while, their pattern will bring them underneath the platform, and then you're just yes. Fucked.
1: So then I'm just fucked. But for the most part, it was fine.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: um, but that that was a more traditional boss. I feel like because of the. Not traditional, normal, but like not the like Castlevania boss that I can just deflect the projectiles because my attack yes. moves so fast. Because yeah. yeah, and
0: then because the, the, like I think it's like the third boss maybe. There's this guy who just jumps from one side of the screen yes! to the other over and over again, very Mega Man. I was like, okay, this this I I know how to handle a boss like this. But then he fires three projectiles, like almost like the Dracula three fireballs. Mm-hmm. And you basically have to do a perfect jump to jump over them. And I was like, this is this is really demanding. I don't understand how they expect me to jump over this over and over again. And then I just hit them with my sword and, <laughs> and realized you just totally dispel, like, b- it's three little, like, energy balls. And you can dispel the two that are going to hit your standing hitbox if you just swing your sword once. <laughs> so it, you can just stand there and just disrupt the attack entirely. Yeah,
1: that was absolutely how I did that battle, right? Is that I, wor- yep. I worked out exactly where on the screen I would have to, st- like, stand to be close enough to him to hit him, but also far enough away that I could like see the fireballs coming, um, and then just stood there and went back and forth on the screen. With with he went back and forth on the screen, and it didn't take any damage. Yes, uh, and that wasn't that was not a problem. Yep, but yet like chain like keeping that style of boss design with reused different control and like hitboxes, uh, uh, interesting, right? Because the those those bosses in Castlevania are designed around the fact that the whip is slow. <laughs> the the, yes. the dragon sword is just not you can just hit all those projectiles the second they're in your face yeah um, which uh, I think is like really good for the feel of the levels but it definitely makes the bosses feel less uh, interesting I think uh, than the Castlevania bosses I wonder how the bosses will progress in the like future games where they have their own like template to work from and not just we're doing this
0: yeah Uh, and then uh, I guess besides that, I guess all that's left is talk about the cutscenes, which are yeah. fantastic and put modern games to shame. So I, I came away from this with like a
1: feeling of why, what, why, do, what do they put stories in games, right? And the, uh, you know, you have to have some hanger to like put the gameplay on it. If you want to have a series of levels, that's fine, I guess, but it definitely imbues it with context. But then I asked myself, what do you get? from like a game with thirty hours of this that isn't just here, right? Like I like the characters, they show up, they have four lines, they're 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 fine. I at the end I'm like, God damn you CIA man, we'll kill you in the next game. You suck. And it's just, you know, very broad strokes uh booking I guess to uh just set the game in motion. Uh but it does that very competently in a way that mm-hmm. uh there are obviously many games that I I like and their stories in in modern games, but um, sometimes there's a lot of standing around listening to things I don't care about, and you could have just had this and it would be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, all you need is, like, really stylish framework to, like, give your story something to, like, or your level something to hang off of. And if you can just do that through, like, slick anime cutscenes, like, the stylishness of Ninja Gaiden makes up for the fact that it's, like, the most stock story in the world of, like, your dad is evil and Rachel from Blade Runner is here. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, and you can just put that in your game, and if you if you sell the visuals well enough, it's cool as hell. Uh, the, the visuals are really cool. Yes.
1: But also, when you do something that reductive, right, it's fine that the ideas are not very original. Um, mm-hmm. If... In in the version of this that is made today, right, Retro from Blade Runner has uh, hours of cutscenes explaining her backstory and why she's here and working with the CA and what's going on, and all that does is make it more annoying that you're watching hours of cutscenes about Retro from Blade Runner and a ninja. <laughs> yeah. In a way, whereas there's some cutscenes in a NES game that's 45 minutes all told with them and the levels, uh just doesn't grate in that way because it's much more honest about what it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It it I always think, I mean, it blew up again, but I, every time I think of the Metal Gear Solid 5 cutscene, the shot reverse shot. <laughs> it did one
1: blow up again literally last night as we record this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's just so indicative of this idea that, like, games have to pursue cinema, but with, like, a very limited idea of what cinema is. Um, handheld cams and long shots and, and you know... Uh, and no, you can just you can just do some cutscenes. You can just storyboard this shit and like barely animate it, and it will still look cool as hell. Yeah,
1: no, it's basically
0: because the, because the visual storytelling is evocative in like the ways in which it it's abstracted more than the ways in which it is like the definition of realism. You know, like. The Last of Us 2 is out, and, like, fuck Naughty Dog for a lot of reasons, but that game's idea of, like, gritty cinema is to replicate HBO shows that most pe- people I know don't like very much, uh, because they're grim and artless. Uh, and you look at a game like Ninja Gaiden, or, like, the one that I always point to is, like, Metal Gear Solid 1, and, like, it's it's through the suggestion of the things that we see in cinema that, like, sells a story.
1: Yeah. It's, it's weird, right? Because you know they make cinema by storyboarding it it's an important part of the process and when games were more um just not able to capture the intense realism that you can now i guess that was like the one method you had at your disposal you could like make basic storyboards with even limited technological like power as this game shows um and uh yeah. You know, so I don't know why they've moved away from that. When I mean, I do know why, right? But um, it just mean it just means you go back to old games, and the cutscenes are better than they are now because they have to be like images arranged in an order that is evocative and interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which is not necessarily true of like very big, impressive modern games. Fucking Halo Infinite's gonna be a one take game. Halo, that's a first person game.
0: Uh, the most one take <laughs> is uh, Half-Life. Yeah, that's
1: true. But it's, Half-Life doesn't uh, like perfect dark in and out of Master Chief's head for every cutscene.
0: No, that's true.
1: Which, uh, I went back in the, the E3 trailer, which, first of all, hilariously not a real game. This game has been made in two years. Uh, yeah. And second of all, absolutely, uh, for the cutscene to be like um, consistent and... Keep the the single take up does like
0: do the zoom into Master Chief's head through the through the model, which it's like when you load a golden eye level. Yep.
1: Which if they do that at every cutscene, that's hilarious. But it's not good. I, I cannot irony myself into saying that's funny. So I'm glad they did this stupid thing. No. But it's it's just such a weird ambition when um I, I don't even like when a lot of movies are about that. You know, I like children of men and even even then and um, you know, uh it's not it's not necessarily a cinematic uh ambition that I have much interest in. Yeah. Uh and then games coming to it like fifteen years late because th- like this wave is still it's a bit um uh You know, a bit removed now, but the wave of the games doing this stuff is still kind of inspired by Children of Men pretty directly, and that was 15 years ago now. So, <laughs> games take so long.
0: Yeah, uh, but I think uh, I think that's all I have for Ninja Guy. If it. you have anything else, no, yeah. I really enjoyed it. um yeah the the actual thing that my takeaway was it's really nice just play a fucking good old game that like takes an hour and I feel pretty good about and had a great time with. uh go back to uh my one directive, please put a game with a good jump button in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. give me that. well, they did uh, you jump you slash yeah. guys.
1: the mechanics are all yeah. pretty understandable within a couple of minutes and then you play the game and you're done yeah.
0: just need to play more games with Sarah.
1: You've played a lot of the good ones,
0: I know. But th- like, I've I've never touched Ninja Gaiden two or three. True, uh,
2: right
0: I should play those. Like, th- there's always other stuff, right? Like, mm. it's not like I it's not like I've seen I've played every NES game ever. No. Um. Oh,
1: the SNES remake is fucking ugly.
0: I, I went and looked some looked at some of it, and it's
1: criminal. What do they do to I've you? I've never
0: actually played that. I don't know what it's like, but I mean, I've played Mario All Stars. I know this is a mistake. Uh, so
1: it doesn't look as bad as uh, Mario All Stars. It looks it looks too okay. weird. Uh, but it's still it's still strange to me. I, I do not like it. It's it's basically identical designs, but way too over detailed. Mm-hmm. Um. It has a very different effect to me than um, the Mario All-Stars which like mm-hmm. makes things more like consciously cartoony in order to compensate in a way that I also don't like but this doesn't do that, this just increases the detail but the game's the same, it's weird it looks weird, you should take a look at it when we're done
0: we have a bunch of questions obviously we asked for 8,000 questions uh we got them uh and I guess we'll just go in order we receive them I think that's the easiest way to do this because trying to sort them into Kingdom Hearts questions versus Ninja Gaiden questions versus random video game questions is just not that's not feasible let's be real
1: um, most of the Kingdom Hearts questions are at the beginning here. We don't have any...
0: Yeah, I know, but Ninja Gaiden questions came throughout. Uh, we're just gonna go in order. It, it only makes sense to go in well, order.
1: Well, in that case, if you've not played Kingdom Hearts 3, I guess you uh, you can't listen to this.
0: I mean, look, if you haven't played Kingdom Hearts 3 by now, you don't care enough about spoilers. Unless you're Jackson, who played it just recently and did care about spoilers. Um, uh, yeah, But, yeah, we're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts in general. Yeah. It's fine. I promise you. Nothing <laughs> nothing in Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to not disappoint you, so <sighs> might as well be disappointed on <laughs> listening to us <sighs> talk about it instead. <laughs>
1: Oh, It's been it, I played at the beginning of the month, it's been forever And we're like, oh, we'll talk about Unreal mapping But it's been weeks now, and I'm just My soul is drained, alright
0: Uh, Alright Questions from Dylan What games have the best character portraits? Ooh what Games do have the best character portraits That's difficult Final Fantasy 4 Yeah,
1: I was I was, I was, I was to say The Amano isn't that boring? And it might just be yes. right <laughs>
0: I mean, it is kind of boring, but it's also right. Uh, Symphony of the Night. <laughs> there you fucking go. There you go. Yeah. Weird that, like, the games with the best art have the best character portraits. Uh, Codec Calls. Yeah. Back when they used the fucking art. Yeah. What are the games with the best character portraits? It's the ones where they got actual goddamn artists to do them. <laughs> yes. Um, is the tactics RPG battle system Actually strategically interesting at all You shouldn't ask That's us this We fucking hate strategy games <laughs> like, Probably, the answer is probably But I, I don't know <laughs> You know Yeah. Uh, wh- what will the inclusion Of even more pebbles in caves On Unreal Engine 5 mean for the future of art it means less people will get to make it Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah Yeah pair uh, many driving games have licensed cars army games have licensed guns sports games have licensed teams what genre has untapped potential for licensing real world <laughs> brands
1: oh uh, thanks dylan
0: um oh where can we leverage the, the cooking brands? games yeah there you go if if cooking mama just had brands in it it'd be better it's true like, that's why Pikmin 2 is good. It has brands in it. <laughs> I mean, Pikmin 2 is a good game. But, like, the part where you're digging up, like, Duracells and Carmex tins and stuff like that is good. Like, it's legitimately fun to see things that you recognize in the framework of this world. I think we got a question of, about this somewhere around Katamari. And Katamari also should just have brands in it. Yes. Katamari just
1: couldn't afford them like Nintendo. <laughs> yes. I- I
0: genuinely, I think why they're not there.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I- I think you, you nailed it with cooking kicking games. Um, yeah, I don't really have an, like a
0: bigger answer than that. I mean, think, think about how cool it is that Yakuza has like just actual brands in it. Like, I I go to my local Asian mart and I can just get some of the like you know cup noodles and drinks that Cosmic Carry himself enjoys from time to time. Yeah, uh, the
1: Yakuza branding is good. It's good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well. Ah, uh, next question. Okay, um, we got some Kingdom Hearts questions, but getting into it because uh, these all came in when I finished Kingdom Hearts three, so they're all early. Yeah. Um, which I guess I haven't like done an overview take my, of my take of three. Uh, it fucking sucks. Anyone who's followed me on Twitter knows I think it sucks. Okay, that's done.
0: Jackson, we have five <sighs> questions from Crass. Go. Thanks, Crass. What is the best world in the Kingdom Hearts series? Oh, the the best world. Probably uh, Twilight Town. Uh Crass's answer is for me it's Pirates of the Caribbean because Dora's unbridled joy at being a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very good typo. <laughs> but also, uh I-, I want Dora the Explorer in the Pirates Universe. Go to Kingdom Hearts
1: and not Sora the Explorer.
0: <laughs> uh Dora and Harley Quinn end up in the Pirates universe. Yep. Uh, worst world. I mean, it's Agarba. <laughs> yeah, it's <Agrabah. laughs> <know> what you <laughs> want from <But> me? It's <laughs> all.
1: also writes an agriba here, but that's just because it's Agraba.
0: For real, for real, why didn't they do sing-alongs until way too they late? They didn't
1: do sing-along. Well, okay, I guess they did in Kingdom Hearts Two. Uh, Finny Fun, uh, but Let
0: It Go, unassailable Disney classic. <laughs> Finny Fun. <laughs>
1: Um, but Let It Go in Kingdom Hearts 3 was disappointing. Not a sing-along. It's not a single along when you just put the movie into the game. In fact, it's very boring.
0: Yep. Uh, Winnie the Pooh should have got a baseball game in 3. That's not a question, Crash. <laughs> that's just a statement. But it is true! Yeah, that's fair. I would just play a Winnie the Pooh baseball game in general, honestly.
1: What worlds would a DreamWorks slash Tokyo RPG crossover game have? I don't know, but they'd make you want to die. Whatever it is.
0: I mean, How to Train Your Dragon is DreamWorks, right? Oh, God! That makes me mad in a similar way to Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> what if what if your party, like, Donald and Goofy-wise, was, like, Shrek and Toothless? Yeah, but where are the Tokyo RPG Factory worlds? I mean, they're, they're just characters for, like, Setsuna shows up, and you're like, who?
1: <laughs> That's from a Gundam we haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it every time. Uh, doomed to s- say, I am sets that it every time we cover Gundam Zero <laughs> Zero. It's just gonna happen. Sorry.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> Rick sends us a question. Uh, what would a Warner Brothers Kingdom Hearts universe look like? I mean, that exists called Lego Batman.
1: <laughs> I guess that's true.
0: Yeah. What would you? Uni- what about Universal? Would the Dark Universe have lived in that timeline?
1: Uh, I want Sora to hang out with uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, Jekyll.
0: Um, no, you can't have that. That's that's too far. (laughs) Too far.
1: Uh, Yeah. The 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 honest answer to this is, I think a Kingdom Hearts Matrix world would be incredible.
0: Let it happen. Um, would it? Yes. Mm. Hmm. I mean, you know, I'm unconvinced. I think it could be good. Everyone's wearing black coats. They're just hammering outside my window. If that shows up on the recording, I can't do anything about that. Sorry. I don't think it is, but it was very surprising to me suddenly. Um, Gary writes in, Congrats to Jackson on finishing another one of your massive franchise completionism quests. How do you feel, Jackson? That's my question. How do I
1: feel? Uh,
0: do you feel like it was time well spent?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the actual tragic part is much like Metal Gear, I think the parts where you play the video games are often incredible.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Uh, I watched through Let's Plays of all the games in release order, but there's one question I'm hoping you'd answer for me. Sincerely, what is Kingdom Hearts? Is it thematically anything, or is it just a power source MacGuffin? Does not compute. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Kingdom Hearts is light.
1: First of all, Kingdom
0: Hearts is light. Uh, it's It's the source of all hearts and all light. Um fundamentally, like, you know, we joke a lot, but the part where the end of the first game is Ansem going darkness, it's going to open the door, it's going to be eternal darkness, and I'm going to be super powerful. And then Sora goes, no, Kingdom Hearts is light, and then it just nukes Ansem in the face. That's it. Everything else is just like elaborations of getting you back to that point that you've already had. Like, it's just, instead of a straight line to the end of the game, other games just add a maze in between those two points uh that gets bigger and bigger. But it doesn't change fundamentally the part where you open the door and light comes out and the bad guy explodes. So, That's just what Kingdom Hearts so is. More,
1: Everyone's wasting
0: their fucking time. More
1: fool me, right? Because this is the actual thing here, right? Is that I have been spending the last year after birth by thinking, no, it's more interesting that. They've like kind of taken it in a different direction. It's interesting. It's good. You know, I like Birth by Sleep. I like Key a lot because I like the fucking mobile prequel. Hate the second mobile prequel because that's who I am. Um, and then I get to Kingdom Hearts 3 and I, I'm like, okay. The, they they kind of retconned all of the um, stuff in both the first two games into a pl- weird plans that Xehanort deliberately failed to bring back the Keyblade water. Erase everyone's bodies, not them all uh or whatever, uh which is fine, um and so I'm like, okay, it's gonna be a game about how that's bad, and also we have to acknowledge that Yentid is kind of bad. Uh, and find a way out of this Keyblade war cycle because everyone's just picking their child soldiers or their vessels and sending them to like uh, fight each other in this endless war. Instead, Kingdom Hearts 2 is a game about how actually it's sick as hell when Ericus recruits child soldiers for an intergenerational chess game and then redeems Zeno at the end. He's like, it's fine, we're just having an international chess intergenerational chess game with child soldiers. I'm actually a misguided good guy. Who would ever believe that? Um... And it's a nightmare. Anyway, Kingdom Hearts is, I guess, light. It is thematically the source of all hearts and light. That's kind of it. It's mostly just a MacGuffin. It's just where all the hearts come from. And I know that there's no darkness in Kingdom Hearts, because the thing with Kingdom Hearts is that that's where the light is, and everyone is born from light, but darkness is born in the heart of the person, which I don't know if that means anything, but they say it a lot. <laughs> 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 that's the fundamental kingdom Hearts statement <laughs> but like, could i actually glean any like because you know when you watch gundam right and you're like there are themes here but they're about the real world <laughs> and i can apply these lessons to my
0: life instead kingdom Hearts is just darkness light darkness i like darkness <laughs> uh, we have we have an email from Autumn. Rank the Utada Hit- Hikaru songs. Oh fuck! Um, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm.
1: How mad do I want to make everyone? I guess uh, they're all good. Uh, I think I would go um, simple and clean. Sanctuary, face my fears, don't be afraid. But they're all good.
0: I think I would swap sanctuary and simple and clean, but otherwise, I agree with you.
1: Uh, the those first two are just just better, but I really really do like face my fears in a way that surprised me.
0: I I just thought it was good. I I wasn't surprised. I was like, yeah, fucking good. I mean, so it's not as good as Sanctuary or whatever, but like, so what? So what? <laughs> uh June writes in. Uh, since you're done with Kingdom Hearts, Jackson, what were the most notable assumptions that you had of the series going in that turned out not to be true?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's been so long since I had a world with like where I could assume anything about Kingdom Hearts. Um. Well, then it would be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. That it would have some, any kind of conclusion. Uh, I I don't know. Like, I don't know. I do think the ways in which people talk about it being complicated are weird. Um, it, I don't think it's that complicated. Uh, but the problem is, I think it is now. I think three has made it infinitely more complicated than it ever has been. Because now it's all about Zigbar for some reason. <laughs> uh, I only get it's only blowing itself up even more even further with every passing game. Um but on the whole, I get no, it's just, just like I say, it's a JFG series, you play it, I really enjoy the like the combat, and then Kingdom Hearts is light, and hooray, to come back next time. Uh so I, I guess mm-hmm. it's it it is what it is. There's not really like a hidden uh depth to Kingdom Hearts.
0: Hmm.
1: I still love birth by sleep.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) we got, we got two emails. I'm not actually going to address them because a person sent an email and then kind of sent a retraction of their previous email. I just want to say, AJ, thank you for replying twice. Uh, you know, (laughs) we were going to talk about your first email, but your second email kind of negates the whole thing. And I'm uh, glad you did some research. Um, uh, thank you for writing in. Of course. Uh, we had a a good roller coaster of experience <laughs> those two, getting those two emails. Uh, yeah, no, thank you for the email. Um, Brenton writes in, if you had to nominate one mascot for each of the new consoles, who would it be? Uh, well, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the Xbox, <laughs> this is Green Mario. Uh Pikachu.
1: <laughs> it's Pikachu. Uh
0: Pikachu Xbox Game Pass.
1: <laughs> they should make and, a and,
0: Rusty's real deal
1: baseball Xbox Game Class guy.
0: Yes, they should. Uh and like what's the PS5? It's gonna it's gonna be Kratos, right? Like this is, we're gonna get like three of those games on that console. I
1: just, <laughs> no, we're not. What are you talking about? It takes too long to make
0: games. I think I think we're going to get one next year probably Nah And then one like two or three years after that And then a real quick and dirty bad fourth game Just like they did last time I think the next God of War will come And then someone else will die reviewing it And <laughs> <laughs> the next God of War comes in 2022 at the earliest
1: Okay it Just takes too long to make games It's got that horizon coming first at some point
0: Uh yeah we got a long email from our friend, grace. Thanks grace for writing in. This is about wholesome games, uh, in reference to that wholesome games thing that seems like it was three years ago at this point, but this even was sent two weeks ago. And that thing was probably like a month ago. I don't actually remember. Uh, all time is dissolved. I think we opened the podcast a year ago talking about that. <laughs> yeah, we probably do. Um, but uh Grace basically summarizes the argument uh about the idea of wholesome games. The argument goes, cute and wholesome aesthetics can mask conservative values, uh, like Animal Crossing. Counter-argument is also that like, you know, it's about who materially is making these things, um, and small teams are inherently different than like Nintendo making something, um, and kind of casting about how we feel about this sort of thing. What do you think about cute or wholesome as an aesthetic value applied to something? <sighs>
1: I don't know. I don't want to just say bad out of hand, because I do like when games are cute, but I definitely don't like how it's deployed in, like, a ideological way of it is good to be wholesome, because then that's just covering up a bunch of stuff, even if you're not trying to. Uh, well, the thing with, like, even, like, covering
0: up implies an intent, I think, is, Yeah,
1: like... I, I don't mean that as, yeah. But I mean, yeah. just like, cause... if you make tone your, like, only guiding star,
0: i that often is going to lead you to some uncomfortable places yeah there's a lot of games that are, are genuine about it but use the idea of warm and fuzzy to like just like flatly talk about like depression exists in like a warm and fuzzy way that is not actually helpful uh is not like nuanced it's just like ah mental health right Cheers. (laughs) That's the video game, (laughs) and then and then there's a fucking like you know maybe there's like a number to call at the end of it if you are you or someone you know may be depressed please get help, and that stuff is just so cheap um, to do like and and I don't think it's like. I think a lot of it is like genuine and people try and talk about their own experiences and, and not doing it very like well. Um, and so I don't want to say it's like being deceptive or anything, but so much of the idea of wholesome games is wrapped up into like this very like cultivated positivity. That's like, we're going to talk about our feelings and work through it. And it's all going to be good. And a lot of not just games, a lot of works fail on this level because it's hard to do that and thread the needle and actually have something to say. Like I think of when I think of like wholesome games, I think work pretty well. Uh, like Night in the Woods comes to mind, which is a and want to point out all the games I'm gonna name are games that I thought I would absolutely hate and ended up liking. Um, Night in the Woods is one. Celeste is one. <laughs> like Oxenfree is one. Like these are games that like step right up the line of being too saccharine or too basic about the conversation and like to some people do cross the line like Oxenfree is one where a lot of people bounced off of because the way it deals with mental health issues because it's like a horror game crosses some lines that like upset people and that's fair and a valid response to those things Um, but so many of these games exist on that spectrum where they do just kind of present an idea and also this conversation's evolving like you think of games like Papa EO or Depression Quest that like really got a lot of talk around them um, and you compare them to games that are more recent, like Gree or that game about the boat. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, the game about the game. boat! I, I yeah. yeah. And those, yeah, those games just come and go and they're just an aesthetic and like, oh, is this saying something? There's like usually like a flash of like, this is talking about ideas that last about two days and then something else goes out and it disappears <laughs> entirely because there's so many of these. And the aesthetic and the idea that all these games kind of share a sensibility only lessens their individual impact. Um, because, like, games can be anything. They shouldn't just have to aspire to be Grimdark Military Man or Steven Universe, right? Like, those seem to be the two major categories. Yes. Um, and I think there's room for more nuance and, like, trying to wrap up this, like, idea that, like, these are the positive, warm, pastel-colored hug games that are about sad stuff. Uh, I think is really reductive and limits what games can be about.
1: I You've, like, started me considering some ideas here in specifically the way that like I am also put off by some of this even though I will pro- like I am more likely to actually if I play it enjoy some you know whatever a game is being advertised as wholesome um, but I will go in with more trepidation in a way that is backwards for some bad bigger game right uh, mm-hmm. whereas then I'm much more likely to just think the thing sucks but I often don't go in with this kind of like Wall already up. There's is, this, is this something about telling me before I play the thing that this is, this is going to be wholesome. That I just, that it just like puts me on edge. Um, uh you got to come by that earnestly. And like, like you say, a lot of the games that like are put into this box often do. It's just complicated because it's such like an effective and almost mandatory way of marketing something that if your game is like leaning into that, you have to lean into it to sell it to more people. Uh, I might be annoyed, but you're going to get more people to play it yeah um so it's 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 strange, but yes I, I do think it's uh a bit weird as a trend people be inventing hope punk every day yes, um oh the world is bad, therefore, we need things that are kind and good, which is like true, i guess uh but when deployed in that way really feels like you're telling people to, don't don't no bummers man,
0: yes um. It's okay to just kind of be a bummer sometimes. Yeah. In fact, I think in this like point of the world, like it is necessary to remind yourself that bummers are real and true, and you can just live that. Yes. Um,
1: also, I think I want to draw a line between like smaller games that lean into this either as an aesthetic or as a like way of marketing, uh, and Nintendo Animal Crossing. Um, yeah. There are very real. Di- I don't. I, they're both like thought of as wholesome. I guess people were writing about oh how wholesome Animal Crossing is. But I, I just feel like it's, I, it's very different when the big conservative company is here to
0: sell you something cute, which is another. Yeah, part I, of I, the I don't even. I don't even like Animal Crossing is cute, and I often find it's aesthetics warm, and I have a lot of fond memories about Animal Crossing. But like it, it it's not going to show up at the Wholesome Games Festival, nor should it, because it's not that. It's not one of these.
1: Yeah, oh, I agree, but. Uh, uh, um, Grace mentioned it in the email, and I wanted to be clear that thing. Yeah, you yeah, know, I just,
0: I just think I like when I talk about these things, I am automatically excluding something that's made by Nintendo. Yes. Uh, that gets a different consideration um, and uh, much more nuanced conversations about it. And to the, everyone's credit, like everyone realizes that there's a problem. Like Animal Crossing is an aesthetic that undercuts, like, has ideas and mechanics that undercut its own like tone. It's just everyone points to Tom Nook and goes capitalism when that's not the, the right answer. That's that's the wrong one. You missed it. You missed the obvious point here. It, less people have missed it this time because it is a game in which you yes. literally
1: go to other islands to sack them dry yes. <laughs> like raw materials.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, we have a question from Nessa. Yes. Uh, any examples of games whose setting and story you like but whose gameplay and mechanical design feels incongruous with it? Uh, offers the example of Remember Me... Uh, which is a beat em up where you're taking on a bunch of character, like heavily armed guys, but doesn't fit with the idea of a character that like goes into people's emotions and memories. I want to point out that uh, as someone who really likes yes. to Remember Me, uh, we were talking about this in the Discord the other day. Uh, your main character is an errorist, which is a terrorist with the T taken off. <laughs> I uh, forgot about the errorist! <laughs> job is just go into people's brains, and because you're a terrorist, the cops draft you. You literally escape from the Bastille at the beginning of that game and are told, ah, you need to fuck up some cops, and you do. You punch cops. And um there's all sorts of you know play people in life whose uh you know task is to punch a fucking cop in the middle of doing the rest of their job uh and it's fine um i think uh there's there's been some discussion uh, on the timeline about lunar distance because naughty dog happened again i was gonna say why'd that come
1: back i guess it was i guess it was last of us we got to do the hits
0: It's because it's because it's adjacent to Nathan Drake, and Nathan Drake like introduced the idea to everyone, even though it was Bioshock,
1: it was was a Bioshock essay.
0: I know, I know, but I feel like it really hit with Nathan Drake being like the nice guy who kills 200 people, and I'm like, nice guys kill 200 people every day. It's called being a soldier, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Uh. Um, anyway,
1: uh, I. I had three thoughts in a row. I will go through these thoughts in order. These are not related to the question, but I did have them. One, (laughs) they should make... Austin Walker voice, three things happen. (laughs) One, they should make a row of me too... 2, they should call yes. Remember Me 2 uh, to three, oh, they can't do that uh, <laughs> 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 Those are the I had in order <laughs> I had to okay. share those uh, uh, Remember Me, I have a that. I liked it much less than you But uh, your enthusiasm is infectious For the French
0: climbing game Where you are an heiress uh, Also, you, you design Your own combos, and I thought the combat was like Fun yep. for what it was. it was, you know, it's not super deep But it's cool
1: um anyway the actual question here uh his gameplay does not does f- feels incongruous with the
0: world i don't know um i mean like so much of this is like my taste like i'd really like to play the persona version of fire emblem where i could just get rid of the strategy game and just play like throw an rpg in there fuck take the gameplay out just let me walk around to school and talk to people <laughs> and then advance the days and like ah oh, some war happened you got a new character i'm like hooray yep. uh because Last thing I want to do is play the video game part of it, yeah.
1: But um, the answer of I want to take the tactics games out because I am anti
0: tactics games is not like I don't think that's in the spirit of the yeah. question, yeah. Uh, but but I think that's true of like a lot of things, like it's all a matter of taste, yeah. right? Like there's some there's so so much about the loon narrative dissonance discussion is like it doesn't line up that you're doing violence, than the story is about a person who wouldn't do violence, so I'm like. That's just fiction <laughs> that's just fiction you're just des- you're just describing a character in a fictional story <laughs> that has like conflict and tension yep um yeah, that parts that
1: that that stuff is strange uh but i I, I don't know I, I think I don't have too many examples of these these days because um I tend to play games because I want to play them. Um, so like, even if there's weird mechanical stuff, it's, I will probably be okay with it because I'm, you know, playing an RPG and I'm like some RPG bullshit. I don't really play many, like, oh, here's like a really cool world, but like a shit game. I'm going to enjoy it. Cause I could just watch an anime and not have to deal with that. Like when it comes to like, I'm going to get into a thing based on its narrative. There are better places to go than games. So this doesn't happen very often to me now, I guess.
0: Yeah. Okay, I guess that's our answer. Uh, we have a question from Ancient Mecca: Who is Ryu Hayabusa's favorite YouTuber? He doesn't watch YouTube. Yeah, he does.
1: What are you about? <laughs> um, okay, who is Ryu Hayabusa's favorite YouTuber? Probably just like a quiet cooking channel.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say he's probably like really into Bon Appetit or something, and very sad about what's happened to Bon Appetit. <laughs>
1: do you think he? Do you think he's that? The, the, you know, just on the biggest one. You know, I think he's got like a small cooking YouTuber? That he I mean, I think, he,
0: I think he. I think he. I think he like watches other stuff. Like, you know, he probably watches like Emmy made in Japan or yeah. you know Anne Reardon or something. Uh, but like, nah. Like, even if you're into like the obscure cooking channels, there's like one big one that you just fucking That's absolutely true. watch. That's just how YouTube is. Um, he
1: should.
0: He should. Uh, do you think Ryu is watching cracking the Tech? No, no. Ryu is. Looked at Sudoku once and his eyes crossed and walked <laughs> away and never looked back. Yep. Um, our friend Camille writes in, is this the best Team Ninja game? Uh, thanks, Camille. <laughs> uh, the the actual answer is the best Team Ninja game is uh, Dead or Live Extreme Beach Volleyball 1.
1: Um. <laughs> no. Like, yes, I know you're ship boasting here, but I have to stress that Ninja
0: God 2004 is a masterpiece. I mean, I'm only shit posting in that I know you're going to be mad and say Ninja Gaiden, but I'm also not shit posting in that like the first Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball is like a cool game. Um, yeah, it's so tame because now. It's just, it's just like it's just like yeah, it's just like a it's just like a weird like you know carefree beach management sound. <laughs> and then they really <laughs> fucked it up by like thinking that what you wanted was the boobs and not like a fun time on a beach. No one understands why the beach episode's good yeah um yeah. okay you did you want to defend into or are you just fine no i that meant that to existed? i meant
1: to pivot then realized that you were doing the questions so
0: i had just said um uh, <laughs> for no reason okay. bad podcasting uh we have some questions from rosa what's the pettiest reason you dislike a game
1: oh 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 what is the petty reason I dislike a game?
0: Has tactics games.
1: <laughs> that can't just be a theme is that we just don't <laughs> like tactics games. Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, I like. I don't. I. I. I didn't play five because they recast Snake, but I don't think that's petty. I think I'm right. Yeah. No. I, I have things like that. Like I said, I think that that sucks. Um, except, I
1: mean, we have basically the same opinion about NS five. Except I played three hundred hours of it, so who's the fool here? And I
0: watched the <laughs> Let's Play many years after the fact. So who actually won there? Me. The answer is
1: me. <laughs> I think all the Mario and Galaxy games suck for taking out all the Mario's moves, but I think I'm right about that one.
0: Yeah, like I what like a petty reason, like oh Luigi's the wrong color or something. <laughs> it's blue, Luigi. <laughs> yeah. You know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like Mario Kart Wii, which is a beloved game, because I think the stunt system sucks. <laughs> yes, and I, I know people really like that game, and I just didn't. I just didn't get on with it. So maybe that I guess that's my answer. Probably. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have necessarily like a great one here. I think Smash Bros. has too many characters. <laughs> yes. I think Water is wet. <laughs> <laughs> but people like those are games people like, and they're just ones that are like I am like, I should like this. I'm also I'm also not 16 anymore. You know? Like that's a big part of why I don't like Smash the way I did back in the day. Yeah. Um, assuming the time, money, and skill are all just a given, would you want to make a video game, or do you just enjoy tolerate being on the consuming side of the medium? Um
1: I mean, if I had the ability, I guess I would. But it is what What is that question really asking? me? Uh, if, if time, money, and skill are a given, I'd probably either make a movie or something rather than
0: a game. I mean, if I just had the time, money, and skill to make the Final Fantasy I want, I would just have done it. But, like, is it is it saying you only have the time? <laughs> if I only have the time, money, and skill to make a
1: game, I'd make a game. If I have the time, money, and skill to do anything, I'd probably do something else.
0: Um, I mean, with all that time, money, and skill, I could do all of <laughs> Right. Please make Final Fantasy 16. Square can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make Final 16 and it's just going to look like a SNES game and it's going to be 30 hours long and it's going to fucking rule. Yep. <laughs> That's with the bonus I, I content. i hand you a copy of Final Fantasy 4 <laughs> <laughs> for the PSP. <laughs> God. Um, what is your favorite game developed in a country other than the USA, UK, or Japan? Uh, I don't know where um, anything's made. Mine, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Mine is definitely The Witcher 1, which is a game that I like a lot. Um, obviously, CD Projekt Red is uh, oh, increasingly just uh, becoming a blight upon all of games yep. culture. Um, but I really like all three of The Witcher games, and I like The Witcher 1 most of all. It's such a weird, off-putting, interesting game. Um It, like, runs like dog shit and looks bad and has too many systems, and I appreciate all those things about it wholeheartedly. Uh, And the games got worse as they got, quote-unquote, better by the standards of modern mainstream video games. Yep. And who fucking... I don't even know what happened with Cyberpunk other than, like, all the money went to their head and ruined their brains. Uh, It's that. They've
1: scoped too hard, they've made it too long, and all of the people left because they were killing them, developing them. Yep. Uh, Like, the turnover on that game's been wild. (laughs) Yes. The
0: just just do you have a, do you have an answer? Did you come up with an no, answer? No, because
1: my problem is I don't like I you know I don't actually know where any of the games are developed. Uh, in my at least in my memory, right? Um, that, I'm sure there are many there are games that are not in the USA, UK, Japan that I that I like a lot, but I don't. Um, What's
0: your favorite Assassin's Creed game? Syndicate? That's definitely made in okay. Not any of those countries. I mean, Canada doesn't count. I assume in the spirit of this question. I mean, Ubisoft is made in 800 places across well, that's the globe. True.
1: But that's the other way, right? Is that every game studio, every game is made like that now. It's just yeah, that's weird, true. very exploitative production chains of international labor. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I assume that it's not really in the spirit of this. I'm trying to like think of the indie games I've liked, because you know, a lot of them are made anywhere you can find people. Um, and I just don't keep track of... I feel bad. Should I be should keeping track of that, I guess? I don't know. Sorry.
0: What's the last game you got completely lost in? Your choice on whatever the definition of getting lost in is. Mm.
1: Got lost in? I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess one or many of the Tenshinomura games I played this year. Is it the remake, is it one of the Kingdom Hearts games? Who knows? One of them. I play so many RPGs.
0: Uh, my answer is Hollow Knight. Your answer is definitely Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah uh do you ever have a hard time stopping playing a game even if you don't really like it i have a weird brain thing where sometimes i just can't let go of games that i don't enjoy playing and i'm not really sure if anyone else has this i think a lot of people have this i have the opposite problem where it doesn't matter how much i like a game i don't want to play <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so I, I have this you you're the the outlier
1: here <laughs> yeah uh, i have 300 hours in metal Gear Solid five
0: <laughs> yeah uh, top game that you respect from a distance, but would never play MMOs or a coward answer. I'm a coward. Uh, I think. I think. I think we've already gestured towards a possible answer in this. Podcast. <laughs> we have been. We have been formally
1: tasked with pl- playing and/or watching Final Fantasy Tactics. Eventually.
0: Um, yeah. Well, we will do that. I'm watching because I tried playing and it gave me anxiety.
1: <laughs> I'll probably try playing it and then join you, but only after I have to try. I have to try. Yeah.
0: Um. Um I I mean my other answer is like R- uh, RTSs uh interactive fiction I have a hard time with I've tried to play it a couple times I feel like it's a really untouched area of games that very few people are even capable of like wading into much less covering with any nuance mm-hmm. um but also I don't think games people would be receptive to coverage of it anyway cuz they don't read fucking books <laughs> Oh, you know what? This is literally the next question. Do you have much experience in interactive fiction from before the twine boom? Some sections of game studies seem convinced that the IF from the nineties and early two thousands is the future of video games. Just curious if you have any thoughts on it. Yeah, I think I think it's like in a huge untapped world. There are probably I mean, I know there are people who cover this stuff. Uh, it's a much smaller community, uh, but they've been doing it forever and there's plenty of cool games. And every time I look at one, I'm like, man, this is awesome. I can barely figure out how to play it though, <laughs> uh, because I just don't have like the, the framework by which to like learn it. And because I've got stupid gamer brain, it's hard for me to like sit with something that I'm like having is like struggling, even like beginning to approach, Um but interactive fiction is really cool. I wish there was a better way to like integrate it into the way people talk about games, especially since most of it's just free. You can go and like play it, and uh, Twine as Twine is like I I'm sure Twine is still going strong, but like I don't see a lot of people talking about Twine games anymore. Um, you know everyone everyone got really professional about their indie games, and so Twine games feel like they just kind of went away. Um, I know they haven't. I know that's not true, but uh, it's weird. It's weird that that happened so quickly.
1: I think, I mean, we kind of alluded to this earlier. I think the answer is it is similarly, um, similarly tasked as, like, a development idea, right, to make one of the walking around in a Unity engine space games as it is to make a Twine game with, like, real writing. Yeah. Um, and one of those sells better. That's
0: true. Um. Um. Do you have any other thoughts?
1: Uh, or... No, no, I haven't really got into interactive fiction much. It's a, a big blind spot for me.
0: Uh, we have a question from D. Uh, thinking about Ninja Gaiden always makes you think about other Ninja games. Do either of you have history at the Shinobi games? The design of the main character from Shinobi PS2 with the long red scarf stuck in my mind as a kid still think it's one of the coolest aesthetic flares to me. So my question is, do you think scarves are cool? And what is your favorite scarf or use of scarves in video games or media? Um, I, I did play Shinobi PS2, uh, but I was in my 20s and thought it was bad. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah, much like Tactics Games,
1: uh, M has no heart for like bad PS2 action games.
0: No, I don't. I just don't.
1: Um
0: Partially it's because I didn't own a, P- like I had a GameCube and so I, like the games I played were relatively limited, but they're all like really high quality because they're all Nintendo games. And then I got a PS2 like later, like it was like 2006, I bought a PS2. And so I went back to all these games, like out of the conversation and just looking at the stack of mediocre PlayStation 2 game, like 3D games, it's like all of these are generic in like the most intense ways. Um, like, I have some affection for, like, the Castlevania Lament of Innocence, which is not a good game. Um, I played most of Shinobi, and, like, it was okay. The Scarf is cool, but the rest of that game sucks. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I just have no heart for it. Uh,
1: I'm trying to think of, like, Scarf, video game famous scarves, and I'm coming up Short Siren Journey.
0: Uh the Bastion kid. Yeah. He doesn't do anything with it, but it looks it's good. It's a
1: cool scarf, I guess. The Journey one is cool. Yeah. It is good. Journey's good. I I don't know if that's like a controversial opinion now. Is is I don't, where's the critical
0: like consensus on Journey these days? I don't I don't know. Journey's good. Um, what do you what do you want to say? I, I like Abzu because fish are cooler than dirt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> please just like email that to Jenova Chen. <laughs> <laughs> um Sly Cooper's got a scarf, that's that's all I've got I don't know Alright, next one uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get a wave of video game characters All wearing masks next year? Based on what? Like more than usual oh, Right. Mm. Uh-huh.
1: You know, yes I'm going to say yes Is any of it okay. going to be as good as the bit in Dishonored Where you go in your mask and everyone thinks you're wearing a fake Corvo mask <laughs>
0: oh <laughs> god that part's so good <laughs> it might be the best like a single bit of dishonest. um we have a question from miles uh as playing ninja gaiden on an emulator as a kid the difficulty immediately rubbed me the wrong way uh as it was developed for arcade cabinets in the NES simultaneously it's hard to tell what degree the difficulty was a product of creative vision i want to point out that like those are entirely different games the arcade ninja gaiden is a side-scrolling beat-em-up and not a platformer or like a game with upgrades or whatever at all just an entirely different yeah. thing uh, they were just developed in context uh, like in conjunction and they were like ninjas are popular make a ninja game and so two teams went off and made two ninja games and they called them the same thing um so uh this context made the experience hard for me to take seriously even with the paywall removed it made the game's cheap shots feel cheaper because i couldn't help but see them as budgetary limitations placed deliberately behind a rhetorical shield rather than crafted challenges is there a good faith merit for the arguments of difficulty in games to be had uh, when they are profit-driven? Was teaching a generation to become gaming masochists necessary for us to get the Souls games 20 years later? I think those are disconnected. Uh, the thing is, like, it's not that, like, it's not that NES games necessarily were designed because, the, like, with the idea we need to suck quarters out of people. It's because the people making the games were already had already internalized those lessons they didn't know any other way to make a video game. Yep. <laughs> like, the order is wrong here. Um, the cause and effect is all off. Like, it's not. It's not like ah yes the way to make a video game is to punish the players and make sure that they they die 800 times on level 3. There are games that are made that way and often they came later in the NES's life or in the Super Nintendo because they were a response to the idea that like I don't want to pay $70 for a game that I could beat in an hour. Um see Jeff Grisman's Eternal Anger against Strider <laughs> for no good reason. Um for the Gen- I think it's the Genesis one, I don't remember, whatever. Um and uh so You know, that stuff did happen, but so much of it is driven the other way with, like, you know, people just made arcade games, and they were used to that, and there was no other way. The idea that, like, you could do soft punishments and allow a player to get through, and the expectation was a player was going to finish your game was not a given. Like, beating a game, like, seeing the end of a game was a reward for monumental effort. That was just the prevailing wisdom at the time. And then you you go through the era where, like... People were making games assuming that, you know, no one's going to see the end of the game, so they just didn't, like, if you look at the early 3D era, era through, like, maybe, like, you know, early 360, the, the assumption was people were not going to finish your games. so usually the ending's the worst <laughs> part of every video game. They barely have an ending, and it's where the, like, worst mechanics and least, like, de- designed levels are. Uh, because everyone put all their intention up front because no one was finishing shit. And I feel like that slowly started to back off and people are trying to craft games that you were meant to finish and see the end of, um, which is good, but that's not been true for most of the history of video games.
1: Yeah, because um, games are things that you put in and you see how far you could get, right? Like, it is its own challenge. Because yeah. otherwise, Ninja Gaiden is 45 minutes. It is. Yes. <laughs> like, about the same amount of time as an episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, without the difficulty, just as a thing, like, why would anyone spend money on that? Uh, which is, like, I'm not defending it as, like, this is, this is you know, difficulty is the true way. I do not believe that. But I do think it is important to understand why uh, these games were so difficult and also why that would be seen as, like, desirable for reasons other than, like, I'm so cool. But, uh, you know, I mean, I know there's, like, a connection there, right? Like, really hard games become a badge of honor, which makes games culture happen um yeah and then you see the next like decade play out uh but i i don't think it, i i don't think it's a cause and effect than that also i don't think there's very any connection at all between ninja gaiden and souls i think the difficulty in dark souls comes from a different place um if there is a difficult if there is a connection i think it is about the way that difficulty is uh utilized as like this way of mm, telling jokes i guess like, when a guy doesn't come out of a, like, a door that you know there's a guy behind because you've been playing a Souls game, but then he comes from a different place and fucks you up, that is similar to when the bird comes at the wrong moment. Like, they know you've internalized the level design, and thus can fuck with you a bit. Um, and I think, like, that sense of difficulty as communication with the player uh, is in Souls games. but I don't think that, like, Twitch... Hard game design, hardcore Ninja Gaiden stuff is really in Souls. It's just a different kind of difficulty. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I, that's fair. Ninja Gaiden 2004 is much more in line with Ninja Gaiden's like difficulty relationship.
0: Uh, we have an email from Alex. Why uh, are developers obsessed with putting bird enemies in their games? I mean, you remember them, right? <laughs> like it worked. <laughs> It worked. It's because the flying thing is really annoying. <laughs> yeah. See also Medusa. Oh, heads. Medusa heads. Uh, even like Fleemen, like any enemy that's just like a pain in the ass. You remember? It's, it's good. Like they did their job. Oh, Fleemen. Fleemen. Man, Castlevania's uh, good. What is the game that you have the most nostalgia for, but only because it was one of the game only games you had at the time? Midtown Madness. Um, mine is probably Fester's Quest for the Nintendo. Yeah. It's a bad fucking video game. It's a bad fucking video game. Um, but I had it. Uh, the, the, one of the interesting games, uh, it's only interesting because, uh, it's a Konami game that was also, that also evoke like Ninja Gaiden evokes a lot, was the Ninja Turtles game. Um... Which is also a bad video. It's not as bad as Fester's Quest, uh, but it's a notoriously hard and kind of janky video game. But so many of the noises in Ninja Gaiden remind me explicitly of the noises in Ninja Turtles. Um, it's just weird going like the sense memory was strong going back through. Excellent. Um, yeah. Uh, please describe your ideal Ninja Gaiden movie, including casting and/or director, if you so desire.
1: Oh. Ooh.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you ever give up this? Because I have no
1: sense of like what I would want from Ninja Gaiden movie.
0: Well, I would like to point out that the uh, official Ninja Gaiden movie already exists. It's called Ninja Assassin. Uh, It is the 2009 movie uh, directed by James Mateague after V for Vendetta, starring Rain and Naomi Harris, (laughs) written by J. Michael Straczynski. It's a fucking terrible movie, but it should be good. (laughs) It really should be good. Alas, we cannot have nice things in this world. No. Um, it has nothing to do with Ninja Gaiden, but it is. It, I, I did go see it and I was like, man, this should be good. And it wasn't, and it sucks. Um, because you tell me, like, a V for Dead is like an f- easy movie to make fun of, but it, it is a pretty good time. You tell me he's off to make a cool ninja movie. Uh, should be good. Should be a slam be a dunk. A slam dunk.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, we know what's up. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a good answer for her. what would be the ideal Ninja Gaiden movie, uh, like, just hypothetically. I guess, I know they uh, made an anime in the 90s, it's probably that one, because it's, the aesthetics of this game specifically are so in that era that I don't know what you would do today if you were going to make a Ninja Gaiden movie.
0: Seijin Suzuki's Ninja Gaiden. Yo! Fucking yo! <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good! <laughs> that'd <be> pretty good. <laughs> If you want a good, campy ninja movie, everyone should go and watch, uh... Why can't I fucking remember the name of that guy? What's the What's the 60s Italian comic movie? Dean should be a You should watch that. That's a good movie. Yo. Um... We have a question from Tom. Uh, I beat a lot of NES era platformers through well-timed save states. Uh, gets you through them yeah, a lot does. quicker. Gets you all the nice art. Hear the good music. Uh, but I know I must be missing something by not playing the game over and over again until I get good. So what NES platformers would you say profit most by playing them without save states? I'm going to tell you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let go of this. I,
1: I think <laughs> Just live your life. It does like change your relationship to the game. Like You're not going to love it in the way that someone who played it over and over it will do. But you have to remember that the reason that they love it because of that is because it was 1992 or 1989 in the case of NES games, I guess, and uh, these are the games you had and you played them this way. You can't force yourself into that mode of engagement. Uh, it just, it's yeah. just not, like, you have to come by it earnestly. And yes, you won't, like, fall in love as deeply with the games, but that's just the reality of, like, playing games for historical exploration. Um, mm-hmm. I think you just got to accept it's fine to play a game this way. Nobody should like really dedicate themselves to memorizing and beating NES games unless that's like their mindset and how they want to approach things. If you just want to play a game and enjoy it, it's fine to use save states. So do not worry about it.
0: Yeah. On top of that, cheat like save states are different than cheating because you still have to do the the video game. Like you, you basically are reducing your like trial and error time. Yes. Um, but. Uh, there's like cheat watch a let's play you don't even have to touch the controller like i have there are games i have a lot of affection for i've never played and don't intend to um and that's fine yeah um with question from rowan uh your clips specifically that you posted got them thinking about how we approach retro games from the modern day, especially games we didn't grow up with or from eras before we started gaming. How should we go about experiencing and discussing classics cl- Classics that had a cultural impact on games made after them but are hard to go back to from the present? It's weird that some games are really influential for game design but feel really bad to play now. Uh, I would like to point out Ninja Gaiden does not feel bad to play. It's fucking good, actually. Yes, no, um, I found a lot of NES games feel really good to play. Uh, I know some people actually finish stuff like the original Metroid or Mega Man, but I struggle to engage with them and only finish Mega Man 1 by using save states. That's valid. I've only beaten Mega Man. I, I mean, uh, is that true? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I've only beaten Mega Man 1 with save states. Um, Mega Man 1 pretty annoying at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing here is, like, d- just understanding the framework is important. Because, like, uh, the games are pointing out, like, Mega Man and Metroid don't are not bad to play. Like, they're different their demand their expectations are different and they can they can feel like slower and more deliberate than a modern game but like you just adjust to it like you can listen to 7 years of us figuring out how to do that you just play them that's the answer you just play them and take them for what they are um and if you do that enough you get a good handle for like what works and what doesn't for the era right yep. like you going through Mario <laughs> uh, oh. taught you how to appreciate Mario
1: right yeah you can laugh at me being like oh I have you know no, look at this. Mario 2 fucking sucks. The the door laughs at you and then turns to a bird. <laughs> um but <laughs> I've definitely played enough NES games that I appreciate that stuff now. Uh and, and yeah, I I would also say that like Mega Man is one of the best platform not necessarily Mega Man one, but Mega Man is an incredibly f- great feeling series of platformers. Uh shooting feels amazing, the jumping feels amazing, they're good ass games. Um And so I don't, I don't think that's like a difficulty to go back to. I think save states are like save states are the way you cut down on like the time it takes. Um, But I think that game's totally playable.
0: Yeah, the answer is just play more old games and try to like let go of like why doesn't this have X or Y? Because the answer is always they it wasn't invented yet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there's a second part of this email. Uh, while well, I grew up with an interest in retro games and played a bunch of stuff from before I was born. My partner hasn't really touched them, but it's interested in exploring older games since I'm so into them. It feels weird to go, oh, that one's a classic that I love, but also it's bullshit hard. I wouldn't recommend you actually try to play it without talking, uh, when talking about games, with my partner, any thoughts on how to introduce other people to older games? Do we just handpick the ones that are playable with modern sensibilities or find versions of the features to assist them? Um, what I would do is just not give them the expectation that the game is like hard, just let them play the game. Yep. They'll, they'll, if it's, if it's really hard for them, they'll know. But if they're not like super into like old games, every game's going to be hard for them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Learning new skills. It doesn't matter. Like it's, it's like asking someone who doesn't play games, what games should you give someone? And the answer is whatever game they're interested in. If they're interested in a game, let them play it. If they, if they think it's hard, they'll think it's hard. There's a lot of games I like that. I think are really fucking hard. And I don't like get very far in them. That doesn't mean that I like, I don't enjoy playing them. Um have trust that your your partner is a person that can enjoy things that are difficult um, and let them fail on their own until they like it or decide they're done. And if they're done, then they move on to the next thing. Yeah, It's not the end of the world to just like be like, hey, you know, I, I played it. It wasn't early for me. Um, and then they go on to the next thing. They're interested in. There's a lot of games out there to play.
1: Also, for all these, this era of games, you don't have to find versions with features to a system. Every emulator has save states. Uh, yeah, just, just give them an emulator. So let them save. People can do what they want. Yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, like I said, I, I don't think like people often ask this question about many different things. Of like, how do I get someone into this? And like I said, the answer is never to. The, the second you start thinking too hard, that's when you kind of trip yourself up. If you just uh, like, hey, any of them interested in it, and they go this one, say, like, hey, try it, and they'll be fine.
0: And either they like it or yeah. they won't, and th- then it's done. Then you know. Yeah, and try very hard to not offer like. like impressions help whatever like if they have a question like be like you can ask me and i'll help you out but like let them figure it out on their own you did and you you enjoy the stuff yeah so it's fine uh, there's nothing worse than being overbearing about something you love to someone yes. uh, in any direction. <laughs> right, it's, it's always a bad, it's the wrong choice. It, it
1: sucks on both ends, because it sucks
0: if you're the person trying
1: to experience the thing, because you like feel the pressure of it. But then you like might poison something you love with, you know, you might poison someone uh, that you're close to against something you love, and that's never fun either. Um, you just want to both yeah. appreciate the thing.
0: Uh, we got an email from Sri Climb, age 18, college student. Um, that asks: Is there a game with a more ridiculous premise than Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelists of the Roses, where the player gets isekai'd by a druid into the War of the Roses, as portrayed by the Yu-Gi-Oh! cast? And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, but that sounds pretty ridiculous. That's, that's pretty ridiculous. This is
1: because I posted a clip of Ryan Davis reviewing that on Twitter. I think. <laughs> Oh really? Okay. <laughs> yes, this email came right after I posted that clip, and I was like, "This is age well because it's referencing a Twitter post from a week before this podcast came out, and even that's a decade." But it seems pretty ridiculous. It just made me smile that Ryan played it because remember when they made just ridiculous bullshit games based on anything,
0: and then game journalists just had to play them? Yeah, yeah, different world. Uh, inspired, uh, this is an email from Ali. inspired by Frog Factions 2 if you could make a game read a save file of any other game what would the game be and what would happen think Mass Effect series or Psycho Mantis or something else like that
1: Um, oh, uh, I think Katamari Damasi should read all of your save games and then put those games on the
0: cover of the games you like roll up Oh, that'd be good. I think uh, that if you show whatever camera's hooked up to your console, a copy of Metal Gear Acid, the next Metal Gear game just turns into a...
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes tactics games look good.
0: <laughs> yes. God. If if every if any game reads that you've played any deck building game, that game is now a deck builder. It's just a, it's just a virus that infects everything you've ever touched. No because that's what they fucking deserve.
1: There's no escape. Decided to play deck builders. Problem is, they'd be stoked. They'd all be stoked because every yeah, no, they'd
0: be so happy. Those fucking <laughs> bastards. Oh, we love you, Crass and KC. Uh, yes, uh, we have an email from Kobats. Uh, What's your deserted island game? How about console? Only games made for that console. No backwards compatibility. No emulation. Ports and remakes. Okay. Um. Oh. P.S. Jackson, watch Eurocamp and Watch Girls Last Tour. Okay, I will. Um. Oh, I,
1: I, I should go and watch Eurocamp today. I feel bad. I f- feel bad now. I've been. I've, <laughs> I said I'll oh, watch that, to Takahata. I think when Eurocamp was airing,
0: <laughs> second season is about to start. Um, I mean, like, in January, but whatever, time. No,
1: I just realized just how long I say, like, oh, I'll do that one day, and then just (laughs) never do things, because the list is endless. Uh, Sorry, Kobats, you're a real one. Anyway, um, answer to this. Deserted Desert Desert Island game. I I guess Ninja Gaiden. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Burnout Paradise, probably.
0: (sighs) Do I have a... I don't know what my answer would be. This is hard. Like maybe like GameCube Animal Crossing, because okay. it's like the sl- it's like the slowest one progress. and it's just weird. It's good. I don't know. Um, it has to be something that you just play forever, right? And I just don't. I don't consume games like that. So it's hard for me to perceive of the idea of doing that.
1: Yeah.
0: Or maybe I have to get really into an RPG or something like Etrian Odyssey. One of them. I don't care which one. Throw one at me. Mm-hmm. Um, console may be a little easier to answer. Console Jackson? Uh, probably PS2. Um, right.
1: But it it says ports are okay, so then probably PS3, because all the PS2 games that matter made it to that. Um, um, but I feel like that's yeah, nice. but only
0: ports, so not 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 the PS2 games you can buy on PSN. No, I, I know.
1: Um, okay. But I just I feel like that makes the question too easy because then I just say PS4 it's got
0: the most things on it yeah I think the answer is probably DS yeah that's a good answer like 3DS has like you know cool games but because the DS games don't count for that I and I firmly feel like if you say 3DS and like I get all the DS games too, you're cheating yes Um, there just aren't enough of them games are weirder in the DS era than they were in the 3DS era that's just a fact
1: I miss it bring back feel
0: the magic I mean, I played both those games because, uh, of course, I did. Contact. I played that Is game. That good? No. When <laughs> <laughs> on a Desert Island, I'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You name a DS game, I probably touched it. I I had a DS for a long time, and it's when I had the most disposable income, because I didn't have a car, and I just, like, lived my life and worked. And so I just bought whatever DS game seemed interesting at all. So I had so many of those fucking things. Different worlds. Remember when there just was, like, Reams DS games you could buy? Yeah. (sighs) It was nice. Bring back handheld games. Please! Love of God. Uh, We have an email from Benjamin. Uh... Figured I'd go back and play Ninja Gaiden, locating a copy of the game. I was surprised to learn there's actually a port on the PC Engine slash TurboGrafx-16. This isn't too weird on its own, but uh, what's weird is the TurboGrafx-16 is functionally identical to the NES one, albeit with high-resolution graphics and a completely different soundtrack. I had no idea that it existed, and it feels odd to stumble into, like a weird mirror-world version of the very familiar thing. My question is, are there any ports of games you were surprised to discover, or perhaps any particular ones that diverge from the source material in interesting ways?
1: I'm definitely less familiar with this because even by the time I started playing games, it's less, you know, that is a thing from uh, the 90s at the latest. I mean, it still happened, you know, just gets less frequent as time goes on. Right. Like, and now is basically non-existent. Um, yeah. But it's very
0: cool whenever you hear that about old games. Like I read this email and was like, oh, it's cool. Uh, my one is that I'm like the one person who thinks that SNES, uh, Aladdin's better than Genesis Aladdin. Um, and I know that's not a very popular opinion, but it is mine. Uh Um, I don't know. I, because I was mostly a Nintendo person for most of my life, I just played Nintendo versions of games. So, uh, it's always fun to see weird Nintendo, like. All of the like weird Atari like arcade ports are so fucking weird. Yes. Uh all the PC Mario games, Nightmare, like everyone's watched Jeff fucking play Mario Brothers special. That's a terrible game. Uh, <laughs> but that's stuff, that stuff's like a cool curiosity, but like no one I knew had any of those PCs. Like it's just it, it ends up just being like a cool, like, you know, footnote in history more than like a thing I've engaged with ever. So mm-hmm. I had, the, I had the Game Boy version of Mortal Kombat that I probably put dozens of hours into it as a kid. That's a bad fucking port of Mortal Kombat. We have both uh, played the
1: absolutely terrible DS version of Sims 2. Uh,
0: No, I played Herbs. I didn't play oh, Sims 2. Oh, right. Sorry. I forgot you didn't play the one where you were in the hotel. No, I played Herbs. Uh, which was the one that was just, I don't know if the DS one was like this, but, the, or the Sims two one was like this, but that was like, you took like a character and went through like a story, yes. with like chapters and stuff. Yes. Wild. I remember the herbs. Uh, we have questions from Tron. Uh, what is your favorite UI sound in a video game? Um, the, the
1: MGS codec, I guess. <laughs>
0: Uh, mine is the, like, moving up and down and then confirming an option on the, uh, virtual fighter main menu. That's a good one. Matt, yes, sorry, I take it back. Every Sega noise from the, like, Dreamcast (laughs) era on. (laughs) Yes. Um, what was the most difficult mechanic to wrap your head around in a video game?
1: Wrap my head around?
0: Yeah. Um... Ooh,
1: I, I don't. I don't know. I, I,
0: I, I've forgotten everything I ever played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. I think. I think the one that I like. I because like if we count things that like I, I figured it out. I, it took me a while, but I got it. Uh, I think it'd probably be like first person, like like WASDA movement because I didn't yeah. play PC games for the longest time. Mm-hmm, that makes sense.
1: I, I guess the answer
0: for me I is everything to do with the gummy ship. <laughs> Uh what game do you feel had the greatest potential to have a great sequel but didn't get one? Amir's Edge. I was gonna say Final Fantasy twelve, but that too. <laughs> well there you go. Uh yeah.
1: Um. Both games which have sequels. Good job. Us. The answers, the yeah, no. stand. I, I stand by, I stand by <laughs> what you said.
0: Yep. Um Um Yeah what are your thoughts on how the current console generations turned out fine
1: it's fine it's
0: fine i would like no, it to be it better this this generation was a fucking disaster
1: yeah but i can play a lot a lot of things have been brought forward so you know but that's really all i care about
0: i don't care about the games that have been made for this generation yeah like i look at like i literally can't think of like 10 games that justify me having a ps4 i just can't so they can't. They, they don't exist. They can't be. There's not allowed on PSPC and other stuff.
1: Like you could just get them.
0: My favorite, my P- favorite PS4 game is an arcade port of Hatsune Miku. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Th- th- like just the same as every other Hatsune Miku game, really. God, you're right. You fucking right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just don't. I don't have to tell you. I think, I think this console generation's been terrible because I don't like the video games they make anymore. Um, And it sucks. You know, like me,
1: where you're playing the RPGs, which also mostly come to PC, but enough don't, where I'm like, oh, I've got to have the console
0: to play Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would be your ideal portable video game console? The DS! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, the the 3DS, uh, but, like, it plays like the DS aspect ratio fine, and also it comes preloaded with all of the emulators I want. Yeah.
1: We really um, have just the DS, but it, like, is a bit more powerful, so it can emulate stuff. Like, just, just yes. that. Just make it... Put out the DSi again.
0: Uh, what is your... I'm going to say one of your favorite pieces of criticism you've ever read about a video game.
1: Favorite pieces of criticism.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's hard. Do you have one? I have a couple. Um, I think of... Uh, I like Austin's... Uh, Breath of the Wild review, I think it really captures what's special about that game. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about Dia's work all the time, but uh, specifically her, like, Dark Souls work and her Judgment review, actually, is also just an incredible piece. Um... That might actually be, like, one of my favorites. Um, can I can I say her, we just mentioned three ones, good too. <laughs> Dia's work is great. She also has a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dia Lucina just launched, uh, like, yesterday as we're recording this. Um, if you have extra cash, throw it her way, because all of her work is fantastic. Yep. Uh, I have to say the... Um,
1: uh, it, it said red, but I, I'm going to say the uh, three-hour podcast with Austin and Natalie from Game of the Year 2018 um, is, like important and aspirational when it comes to video game criticism podcasting yes it's so good it's everything it's all the yeah. energy i want a podcast to be will we won't get there we're a little too cynical that only has an energy that we do yeah. not uh but uh, i still i still look at podcasts like that's it. that's what it is that's what it's about yep uh
0: we're almost for three. Uh. Yeah, uh, we have a question from Please Don't Cast uh, Too Late. We've we've been doing it for a while now. Uh, in the transition to 3D, pretty much the only thing Ninja Gaiden maintained were the theming and the difficulty. With bringing the games a uh, game series to 3D, what do you think it's best to focus on maintaining from the original?
1: Uh, this is impossible to answer because I think it depends. Uh, actually, I mean, I said in the segment I was surprised at how much they did keep from Ninja Gaiden. I think that aside from yeah. the like Resident Evil world design, it's actually a really faithful uh, remake. Yeah. Uh, or, like transition to 3D but I think it depends right like Mario basically kept nothing uh, in terms of it's like actual level design focus until 3D land um, Sonic also kept very little because it just,
0: it's, it's very different um, also the ones where it kept the most are like the games people like the least yes uh, or games
1: that are like not really defined by the uh, dimensions
0: <laughs> yeah Um, but I I really think it depends for each one. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think one of the most successful ones for me is probably Metroid Prime, I think is like just fucking nails Metroid without actually replicating most of the things Mm -hmm. other than like the names of stuff that Metroid's about, um, by just like going so hard into like we need to capture the tone and like the visual language of metroid and just make a different game about that and i think they do a really good job and i'm really excited to, like in two months we're going to play that and i'm really excited to play it um because that's a good fucking video game yeah uh, I think Zelda probably botches the hardest by just not having any particularly like. In, like, I don't think 3D adds anything to Zelda. I think it mostly just takes stuff away. It makes it so much slower. I need, I'm gonna play it another yes. time
1: soon, but I'm I'm on the hook to play it like now, and I keep not doing so because I remember how slow it
0: was. Um, it's not a very long game, so you should just It'll do be fine. I'm I, I do it, but uh, yes. Autumn writes in again because we've been soliciting questions for 800 years. We're almost there. We're almost three. Is there any hope for video games? Uh, nope. No. Uh, Next question. (laughs) Uh, Error writes in, I don't have an Ninja guiding question, but I've been thinking about this a lot. Which console or handheld do you think has the most satisfying tray opening, cartridge inserting, or other physical game switching feel? Which one is the least satisfying? Does the way changing media feels affect the image or vibe of a system to you? Uh, The answer to me is the PSP, Putting in the fucking UMD is cool. It's so cool. (laughs) Uh, My odds of the least
1: satisfying is the. I don't. I don't know if you've ever touched this one. The super slim final PS3 model. Uh, super... Oh, the top-loading one? Yeah, the one where it just, like, slides back and then you, it... Yes, oh, it's that awful. is the nastiest oh.
0: piece of plastic I've ever encountered. Because um, I bought this PS3 right at the end of the PS3's
1: life cycle, just got it from game, and it was the last... Mo- and I just, being dumb, assumed that the last model of a console would be the best one, but it's actually backwards. Um, yes. In terms of, like, the money they put into, like, the build quality. Uh it's, a, it's mm-hmm. not a very nice piece of plastic. I like the console, but... who? Oh.
0: Yes. Um, I think my least favorite might actually be the Wii U. I don't like Ooh, the weird yes. slicks like chamfered discs. I like the way in which they're like rounded on the edges, and the way the Wii U accepts the disc just feels slimy to me. <laughs> I don't understand why that's the case, but it really feels that way.
1: Yeah, the, the PS4 also has the same disc mechanism. It's better about it, but I, I don't like it. I, I really yeah. like the, the PS the 360's disc tray. Just a classic disc tray. I guess the console
0: hasn't had that in a while. Um, I don't like the disc tray specifically because it feels flimsy as shit to me. Mm -hmm. Like, GameCube, slam that disc in, slam that lid down, you're good to go. That's a good fucking console.
1: Uh, Not to sing its praise again, but you know what is satisfying? That's right, putting in a DS cartridge.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, even, like, 3DS, like, just that good the little, click. The little
1: double pop? Feels great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good.
0: Uh, like, the, the Switch tries to replicate it, but the, the carts aren't big enough to, like, really feel satisfying. No. Um. You know what? The weird, like, clatter of a Game Boy cartridge going in, also really good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo's really good at this, turns out. <laughs> yep. Um, the Dreamcast also is a really good, like, Put the door down. Like mm-hmm. people cared. People cared. Uh, we have final questions from cast. What are your favorite ghosts in games? Uh, uh, Rovol Wosl's dad.
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. it might be the only answer that matters. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Um, th- you both mentioned disliking Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon. I haven't played this. I I said it looked like a game I wouldn't like, and Jackson was adamant I wouldn't, but I've been thinking about playing it since they're making that sequel. Uh, I dunked on Indie Crates because I don't like pretty much all their games, uh, which is a different, separate thing to dunk on, but uh, I was wondering if you'd be interested in talking about what makes it a poor take on the Castlevania style. Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, It is pretty simple. It feels
1: like garbage to play. Um I just think the movement is wrong. The attack animation specifically just like the way it impacts with an enemy in Castlevania 3 uh is so crunchy whenever the weight hits. Um and this game has like a kind of a uh like sound effect and a slight frame judder. Uh but it just doesn't have the like feel of Castlevania. It feels like a floaty cheap uh game, which it is um and so yeah, like the discussions about it being like oh they, they've really brought back classic castlevania i just i just thought it um wasn't true uh and then like the way they implement the uh animations and enemies i feel is very bad because it's all like one degree off in a way that i think a more different game would have been better served because i don't want to have a whip, but you can only shoot it diagonally because we can't just put in we like, we can't have the Castlevania protagonist in this game, and we can't have the Castlevania enemies, they have to be similar, but they all behave differently, so it feels wrong, and then also the enemies are too similar so that your sense memory about how the animation works is, like, all off um, in a way that if they had just made a more unique game, I think it would have been better but there you go, that's the that's the the, the short answer there <laughs>
0: Uh, for some definition of short answer. You know what? Well, fuck you. I should play it. I should play it. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'll probably hate it. I, Integrates is not a company that makes games I enjoy. Um, it's not their fault. Like I understand they they probably make those games for very cheap. Like I thought the first Azure Star Striker Gunbolt was okay. Hmm. Um, I think Mighty Number no. Nine is okay, but that's like it really. Yep. Um, got any takes on the Ace Attorney games? More broadly, are there any games in that genre's, uh general genre space that you enjoy? Um, like, how broad do you want that genre Digital space? Because like, you should you should play Gabriel Knight. It's really fucking good. Um, but uh, yeah, I played the first five Ace Attorney games. Um, I didn't. I tried to play. Wait, the f- no four. Did, four. You, did you? Did you? Uh, the there's, there's any four on the DS? Yeah, I played all the DS ones. I played Investigations one. Okay. Um, I tried to play five and fell off it. Um, because it was many years later at that point and i just didn't have it in me anymore um i really like them i think they're fun um i think they carry on a little too long and a lot of it becomes just like i mean it's the it's the obvious complaint like find the exact piece of evidence that addresses the plot and it doesn't always it's not always very clear which one's going to point out the inc- incongruencies because especially if you're like approaching them like a story you're like where there's like Five things that are wrong about this statement. Which which piece of evidence do I have that the game wants uh, for me to solve the logic of this puzzle uh, can be a little tedious. But like Ace Attorney is great. I love the characters. Um, I just like watch video of five and six at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a good series. Uh, I yeah, I like Gumshoe. Uh Francisca's great. Like it's good, it, great characters. Uh, if something smells, it must be the butts. <laughs> Um, but that's it that's all the questions if you want to send in questions next time podcast at dot com uh, they will uh, you know you can send general questions anytime we're not going to put out a call for them we'll mostly be covering the game club next time yep. um, which by the way is super mario rpg the legend of the seven stars yeah it is yeah it fucking is I'm really excited um, I'm going to have Jackson help me hack my Vita and I'm going to play it on my Vita oh shit I can do that yeah um that'll be the that'll be great i fucking i'm so excited anyway uh look forward to that that's the snes game um i think it's on virtual console (laughs) on things that are not the (laughs) switch get Um, your wii u out yeah get your wii u out or if you had it on your wii already dust that off i guess um otherwise you know yahoo anime um and looking forward to that, uh, before we leave and do plugs, I want to say there's another game club on our network now. Um, and they were there last time we recorded, but they've got more episodes under their belt, and like, I want to give them a plug. It's Journal Updated, our friends Molly and Nora's podcast about video games. They also go once once a month. I'm pretty sure it's once a month. Uh, they just play games really fast. <laughs> yeah, um, it's what, they're um,
1: ahead of schedule. Yes. Mass Effect 2 is not recording until 4 weeks now.
0: Uh, and it's specifically about games that feature, like, player choice or, or agency, uh, by, like, traditional definitions. Um, and so it's a lot of games that, like, on the list of games we would have covered, like, many years ago before we got jaded and cynical and shitty. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of them are on that list. Like, they did a Dishonored episode. We played Dishonored many years ago and I really liked it. I liked Dishonored a lot. Um, and so there's a lot of games that, like, you might be like, oh, M and play is Mass Effect. And I promise you, we're never going to fucking do that. <laughs> but if you want to listen to what that sounds like Nora and molly are good friends and we agree with most of what they got to say about video games uh so go listen to them uh because they're good episodes uh like i said it's called journal updated they have a couple episodes out um and it's great yeah please go listen to them shit on mass effect please yes (laughs) it's mass effect 2 has done such psychic damage to the ball of them (laughs) it's a nightmare game it's an
1: evil video game yes
0: yes uh i said that when that game came out and everyone thought i was crazy so once again vindicated by time but it's never satisfying Yep. <laughs> yep. um jackson plugs hello uh
1: you can find me at Headfuls off on twitter.com you can find all the podcasts we do at abnormalmapping.com uh including repertory screening which is our movie podcast after we finish this we're going to record that episode on the battle of algiers which will be good so you listen to that after
0: we do this, I'm going to lay down for at least at 20 least. minutes and then we can record about the battle. <laughs> of Six hours. Oh, is that, that it? That was, that was the plug. I, did, I did it. I did my job. Okay. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at EM underscore being, uh, and if you'd like to support this podcast and all of our podcasts, you can do that. Patreon.com slash abnormal mapping, uh, for $1 a month, you get the great Gundam project, which is me and Jackson talking about Gundam. It's our most popular podcast. Uh, So I assume everyone knows about it, but we're watching Gundam Wing and uh, Space Runaway Ideon, and both shows are really good, so please join us on that. We've had a lot of guests come through, and we'll have many more guests ahead. Um, And at $5, you get writing about, you know, games and anime and movies and life. Uh, You know, for $10, you get me and Jackson goofing off uh, every two weeks in a podcast called VoIP Life, uh, which, if you like some of the -the off-the-cuff gaming navel-gazing you've got in this episode, we do that a lot at VoIP Life. Yeah. Yeah, we do. If you want Jackson's copious Kingdom Hearts updates, they're all on VoIP Life. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I'm done now, I guess. Yeah, but if you go back a couple episodes, there's a lot of episodes about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Just
1: me finishing three and being like, why? Why did I do it? I'm the fool. It's not them.
0: It's me. <laughs> The part where Nomura put out that statement, he's like, you might be asking why we're returning after we said the Dark Seeker saga was over. Bang and that's a pretty good the question.
1: It <laughs> is a great question, is Nomura. Why have you done this? I can't believe you've done this. It's a rhythm game. Uh, it's answer- a rhythm game, and it's it's Kyrie's game, and she's asleep, but we're playing Sora. That's what you get.
0: Fuck you. You will eat up this garbage, and he's right. Yeah, the answer is Kingdom Hearts 3 is the best-selling franchise game in the franchise history. You have all done this to yourselves. They, they tease the Kyrie game, and it's a game in which you play... It's a rhythm game when
1: you play Sora! Ah!
0: What a... Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening. Uh, please tell your friends about this podcast. Word of mouth is how we get it out. Even if you can't support on Patreon, I understand things are tight these days. Um, let someone know retweet our posts about this podcast anything like you know word of mouth is the way podcasts survive um if you'd like to hang out in our discord and talk about video games feel free to do that it's always a good time uh i hope you liked two hours of nonsense uh i had a good time recording it so uh until next time video game video game